Hey everybody, welcome to the Bagging Boardcast, episode number 261. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the books that we are looking forward to coming out May 20th, 2015. Then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week we're bringing you a trade and policy. And this is a John pick. And this is The Woods from Boom Studios, written by James Tinian IV, with art by Michael Donalis. Hmm. I think that's how it's pronounced. Yeah, and, you know, Donalis makes sense because, uh, you know, we're going to do a review. So we'll provide analysis hmm. on his art. There you go. Donalis. Comic books aren't the only thing we're going to be looking at under the microscope. Nope, we got our scientific glasses right here. They're also pint glasses. We're using we're using sound waves this time. <laughs> yeah, we're using physics. I'm going to change the type of beer it is by sound waves. Uh, and we are drinking from Chris's own uh, Michigan brewery, Arcadia Ales. This is Big Dick's Old Ale. Uh, this is a resurrection of an ancient ale, 9%. And uh, this is just okay. Yeah, it's... Man, if I'm going to spend money at Arcadia, I'm going to spend it on their Imperial Porter. <laughs> their barrel-aged the Imperial Porter. Yeah, the, the yeah. shipwreck, which is a delicious mouthful of toasted marshmallow. Uh, and I hope you guys enjoyed the <laughs> bottle that I brought to the table for the podcast, because you're getting no more of that! <laughs> uh, we all bought our own. Yes. Um, This is good. It's nothing too crazy. I don't think I'd mind putting a few of these in the cellar and cellaring them because you do get a little bit of kind of alcohol mm. tannis kind of right on the back of the tongue after taking a sip. Um, this is quite warm mm-hmm. uh, version of this. I might want to try it a little chilled, but I mean, it's enjoyable. There's nothing that I think is putrid about it, but yeah. there's nothing that goes, oh, this is such a good beer. Like, nothing yeah. really pops about it yeah i, w- I would try it chilled mm-hmm. yeah i will it's not every, worth the drive every time i've had it, it's been on tap so it's been cooler but it sounds like you're not having it as yeah it is it's as it's a solid beer it's as open as it can be and it's not a bad and the tannin-y yeah. isn't i mean it, it's not off-putting mid-palate i get a little bit of a sour taste on it but and then that tannin aftertaste there's you know, this type, time of year, this is a great fall beer. Like, yeah. I would drink this during the fall, but right now where it's hot and I've done nothing but yard work and drink crappy beer all day, like, this is not hitting the spot for me. Yeah. This is... And then we're drinking an old... Oh, jeez. It's, it's hard to stand up against that. Yeah. It's it's going to be a rough night. This is our old ale night. It but we're a, splitting all of these. Yeah. Oh, we're, we're splitting all of these. It's an old ale night. On a day that was like, it's like eighty degrees, out. eighty degrees, and it's muggy as all heck, and all I've been doing is getting sunburned outside doing yard work. And now we're in oh. a hot podcasting yes. room, so get ready to oh. so refreshing. Yeah. There's not a part of my body right now that's not sweating. I know. Just put those in the fridge for a little bit. Just cool them down. <laughs> you need it. You no, no, it. we need to cool down. Uh, Chris, are you cooling down at least with a, your beer? Uh, I'm cooling down a little bit. Uh, from Great Lakes Brewing Company, I have the Alberta Clipper Porter. Oh, this and, is new. Yeah, uh, this is the ale uh, brewed with chocolate and raspberries. Hmm. Uh, it's not bad. It's a pleasant little beer. You definitely get a little bit of that chocolate malt on it. Uh, the raspberries, maybe a little bit of the sweetness at the back end. I'm going to mm-hmm. take another sip. 
Oh, man. Well, you take a sip. Edmund Fitzgerald, the other ship named Porter that the Great Lakes produces, my favorite porter still. Like, I've, I've, I've drinking around the world now, and I come back to the one that's all of 40 hours away from me with Cleveland. This is great. This isn't bad. I mean, it, the raspberry does give it a little bit of tart on the back end. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I got this from, they actually had it in the cooler. So I was drinking it a little bit more chilled. I think once it opens up and warms up, you might get a little bit more of those flavors kind of coming through. Uh, you you definitely do, because I've had this twice now. And I, the, I had it colder, and then I had it just, it was sitting on my counter, and then I popped the top and I poured it out. And I was like, man, this is delicious like that raspberry really pops with that chocolate i really really like it how did i not know this thing existed i had it at your house (laughs) what i I brought it here and drank it and i didn't get any i'm pretty sure i gave you a sip but you were too involved in jurassic park game that you were like yeah yeah yeah, that's good thank you well yeah i was dinosaurs oh man i love edmund fitzgerald it's definitely worth a try yeah I need yeah, to find I, it now. I don't dislike it. It's it's a good little porter. Um, mm-hmm. I grabbed this in like a craft room six pack thing, so I only grabbed the one bottle of it just because I wasn't sure um, how much of it I was going to like. But yeah, I would I would try it again, especially on tap. Mm-hmm. A little bit creamier, maybe. Broth that bitch up. You know what we got to try? Some news. We talked, but we didn't talk about who was actually going to start it off. So. Uh, I was trying to remember what you said before. I said we would start, we'll start with, with Muppets. Muppets, and I thought Chris no, would go. I was go. trying to remember what John, or I'm sorry, what Paul said when he, uh, right before he paused, something about. And we'll talk about we'll some news. Talk about some news. So we're going right into the news. All right, I, I, I can, I can, I can save this. All right, save it with your Muppet news. I'm saving, I'm saving with the Muppet news. We're ready to be saved at any second. Three, two... Yeah, you have to count, Paul. We've talked about this. I'm recording. We've. I already I, counted. I only talk when you count. <laughs> I don't want to trash this. This has been great. Three, two... Only when Paul does it. In <laughs> <laughs> three, two, one. And talking about news, let me just lean over to the news desk here and... <laughs> Light the light there, <laughs> because we we just got the first trailer for the new Muppet Show coming out, uh, primetime show coming out over at ABC, and this is not the Muppet Show that I thought we were going to be getting, but I'm okay with it because this is the behind the scenes mockumentary style Muppet Show that we are getting, uh, it's, akin to something like Parks and Rec or The Office, uh, or and, more so Modern Family. Right? See, I, I've never watched Modern Family, so I can't compare it to that. Well, it's it's like that, but it's on ABC, and it's like makes a lot of money. Well, <laughs> uh, I mean, if there's something you want to take that I enjoy, it's The Muppets and Parks and Rec. So you smash those together, and you've got my viewership at least. Hmm. Uh, yeah, Paul, I know I know you watch this because I heard you watching it before we recorded the show. Yeah, it, it looks good, I guess. Uh, I, are they filming a show? And they're doing the behind the scenes of the show that we never get to see. Like what? What are they doing other than the behind? What, behind what scenes? That's my question. Is like well, that's that's what it seems like. Um, 
you don't actually get to see people doing any work on Parks and Rec or The Office. You just see like the interpersonal drama and the comedy of it. So I think that's what we're going to be getting. Like this would be the bonus feature on the Muppet Show DVD, if you will. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. And it it looks it looks fun, and it has those cutaway moments where. You know, Gonzo says, uh, I'm not going to talk to no camera. And then they just show him, like, staring at the camera. Mm-hmm. And they show Fozzie with his girlfriend. Like, it's got, I think it's where they've kind of taken these Muppets. And this is the sh- Muppet show, like Chris said, like, I didn't know I wanted to watch, but now I want to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, when this was announced, I expected to just be, like, the regular kind of variety show. You know, the guest star of the week and... A lot of parody stuff, but I like the fact that they're kind of going this route with it. Yeah, I think it's really smart, especially since they've been kind of breaking that third wall forever. Yeah, this gives them a chance to be even a little bit more self-referential. Yeah. And I, I like the Muppets being aware of who and what they are. Definitely. But when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, Paul's not going to like this. Hmm. Side unseen, I don't know, like, it might be fun. And, uh, you know, it's a great take on those characters. Mm-hmm. We got another new series coming up that's going to be a great take on that character, and that is going to be, uh, you know, Lucifer, the uh, oh. the Vertigo trade, because um, it looks like they're really... From Mike Carey. From my, yeah. That they're really going to take the heart and soul of what that book was oh, and why people... And soul. Why Lucifer. Why people souls. loved it, and then bringing that to the small screen. Right, Chris? Yeah, they're basically saying like what what worked about this book. Okay, can we can we boil that down? I, I just need the essence of Lucifer. Okay, he's a guy in a piano bar who 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 was the devil, mm-hmm. and let's make it a murder mystery. I, I'm not looking forward to this at all. But so what, a- what if what if they teamed him up with a partner who's a police officer, but his charms. They don't work on that police officer. Yeah. What about then, Chris? Then are you in? So it's Sleepy Hollow? <laughs> all right, all right. What about this? What if uh, when anyone who talks to Lucifer, they just start telling all just their secrets? Telling all their secrets. Okay. You know? Except for this I, one I'm guy. i that this is a series, and then like a couple years ago we had that 1313 Mockingbird Lane, mm-hmm. which was the Monsters remake. Uh, I'm blanking out the guy's name, but it was Gary the O'Connell. Pushing Davies. Oh, okay. Uh, Davies. Uh, Lee. Dead like me. Oh, not the actor. I'm no, like, the creator. Oh. No, the creator. I'm, I'm blanking out his name. I feel That's bad. Okay. Uh, Go that forward. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. That's the series I wanted to stick around. This Lucifer show, they could have made this like that special event, like have it be two or three episodes, because I don't. I don't think I'm going to care beyond that first one. I'll watch it just to see it and pick it apart with, you know, nerd talons. But and I think this is where like L- Lucifer and Constantine differ. Constantine held fairly true to the comic books. Tried to take a an adaption of that. Where with Lucifer, they've taken the idea of that. And then made it commercial. They made it so it's going to work on TV. Because watching this, I go, people are going to freaking love this. People are going to watch this. 
this is going to kill Chris because like <laughs> three episodes in, it's going to get picked up for the second season. Like, and is it's this on USA or, or what, what, what? No, it's not Fox. Oh, yeah. Oh, they, they're making Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> they're making a show that's gonna last. Hmm. Like they're gonna get a second, third season out of this. And the screenwriter that Chris was looking for is Brian Fuller. Yes, thank you. Okay. I didn't see he on his Wikipedia page. Uh, I don't see uh, no, a mention of thirteen thirteen Mockingbird Lane though. So that's okay. Well, because he does work on a uh, television show that's an adaption uh, called Hannibal. So you would think that, you know, maybe he would be able to do a Lucifer kind of thing if he's able to. In uh, talking about Vertigo books, we got a teaser image um, tweeted out by Seth Rogen, um, creator and co-director of the Preacher series that's going to be on AMC. And you see a shadowy figure that is... Uh, Jesse Custer, and then you get to see a little side view of uh, Arse Face. So you don't, and you can see that he's he's got the Arse Face, but you yeah. can't really get a good shot of it. No, and I saw this. This kind of took that bad Lucifer taste out of my mouth because it looks like AMC is going to be doing Preacher. I don't know if, if right's the word to say, but they're going to treat it with a little bit more respect. Like, they are going to hearken back to the comics and pull stuff from it. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of Garth Ennis, but I really enjoyed reading all of Preacher, and it's a book that I've gone back to multiple times, and I'm looking forward to seeing that brought to the small screen. With respect. With respect, and that's the biggest thing. It's not just like a cash grab. Preacher is something that's been around for a while, especially with people trying to adapted for TV. It was talked about being over at uh, HBO for the longest time. HBO, Showtime, and I think Stars all had were pitched for mm. with this. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to this, but since it's not The Walking Dead, I don't know if it's going to last too long. As long as I, I get a season, because they're filming an entire season, so they're going to show the entire season. And then Just one a- full season. And then AMC is pretty smart about this that they they get it out there for people to watch, you know, on Netflix when it's mm-hmm. when it's ready and everything. And I mean, there was um, the guy who played uh, Lee Pace. Mm-hmm. He had a show on AMC, really small. It didn't have huge numbers, but Netflix it's been booming and it got a second season. Like, it's going to be coming out with the next episode of that, and I can't think of what it's called. It's called, like, Man on Fire or something like that. Oh. Um, but it's supposed to be a really great series, but just nobody watched it, and now people are getting getting into it. So they might give it a one-two season try, at least. Well, that'd be good. I don't know. Th- this is a show that I'm looking forward to, and I will definitely watch. Much like I will be watching uh, Supergirl coming out over on CBS. Oh, my goodness. We- this... This looks so good. <laughs> do you think this looks good, or do you think it looks good in the fact that you can make Kate watch this with you? Uh, no, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Like it's it's a coming of age tale, and it's it's going to be a monster of the week kind of drama, but it's going to have the pasting over of Supergirl on top of it, and uh, she is just darn right adorable in this whole six-minute trailer. Six-minute trailer. In which, six minutes, and it melted my heart. 
the, the end of it. But I feel like I watched the entire first episode, uh, first season. That, yeah, I've seen the first season now. That, I know that's what I was going to say. It was like I just watched it on fast forward, right? Yeah. I watched the. Oh, you guys aren't sports fans, so you have no idea what I would talk about. So never mind. Out of left field. No, it's <laughs> riding uh, the pine. If you if you want, you nail in the coffin. Uh, after two days, you can go to NHL.com and basically watch the uh, any kind of any what? of the any of the hockey games, but like condensed down, so it's only like the shots and score goals and hit, you know big hits, like the big moments of the hockey game. So all the touchdowns. Uh, so it's a sixty instead of sixty minutes of gameplay, it's down to like fifteen minutes, and you can watch nice. the condensed version. So yeah, we watched the, this is the six minute condensed version of the first season. Of uh, Supergirl on CBS, and yeah, def- definite references to Krypton, um, Kal El, yep. Superman, even shown a little bit there. Yeah, yeah. flying uh, the DEO. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's it's a very different take on a superhero from what we've gotten with the most. I don't know if you can still call them recent batch of TV shows like Constantine, Flash. Uh, a little bit, a little bit brighter. I think this is more in okay. line with what we've gotten from Flash than anything else. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm looking forward to seeing how it goes. Like I, I'm looking forward to watching this. And you can tell it's on a major network because of the budget and the look of it. Yeah, yeah they were able to bring Callista Flockhart's skeleton out of whatever <laughs> basement it was in. Uh, Harrison Ford's basement. It's what? one of his. It's one of his treasures from oh. that he keeps. There's, there's that moment where she's like talking to. Uh, Kara, because mm-hmm. they don't say it as Kara, which weirded me out at first. But where she's talking about how she justifies calling her Supergirl, and she's like, you know, I'm a woman. I'm I'm a and I was like, who thinks that? <laughs> Weird baby head scares me. <laughs> so yeah, it starts off like Supergirl. Yes, Calista Flockhart. No, it's a. Uh, it looks like Devil Wears Prada. And then all of a sudden, uh, she realizes that she can do more than just be getting coffee, and she's going to become Supergirl because her sister, you know, adopted sister, you know, her, yeah. uh, is in trouble on a plane, and she goes up and saves the plane, much like every, you know, it's not a helicopter, but it is a Superman Returns plane yeah. kind of scene. Yeah, saving the plane. That looked no, good. One of the things I thought about when I was watching this, too, is... Being a comic book fan, like, I recognize, like, okay, yeah, you know, it's Kara Zor-El. They're bringing her in, and Superman's cousin, like, she was sent out when he was still a baby. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why she's a little bit older than him at that launch, but then she gets frozen, whatever happens. I think the regular person that watches this is just going to be like, oh, it's a Superman ripoff show. Uh, I think that that premise is just kind of weak if you look at it from that TV show. Yeah. Like viewpoint, I think there's going to be like, oh, it's a cash grab. They they can't use Superman, so they're going to try to do this instead. When this is actually who the character is, well, where, where this is actually who the character is, and not well, yeah, but this is who the character is, but it's not Gotham, which is yeah. the cash grab. But the thing is, we're saying this like, yeah, where's the integrity? No, the original comic is like, yeah, the original comic, the comic though, was from, like, from, uh, Superman's really popular, so we're gonna make. What like sixty years ago? Yeah, you know it's yeah. she's been an established yeah. character. Yeah, mm-hmm. but this seems a little bit more based off of the like early two thousands 
mm-hmm. like revamp in from like Superman, Batman. But it does feel like this the the Flash and the Arrow because first thing that happens, the guy that she works with, uh, he is now on the computer finding you know the the things for her to stop. Uh, her sister's helping her out, so she has the like team around and Jimmy Olsen. Uh, has a team James around her. Olsen. Don't James. call him Jimmy. I know. Uh, I'm sorry about that, James Olsen. Uh, <laughs> we got a lot out of the six. <laughs> I know. Well, you know why I can't can't call him Jimmy? I'm not his friend. I'm not a super buddy. Oh, uh, you're not a you super know, pal. I'm not, I'm not a super pal. I'm not Superman. Only Superman can call him Jimmy. Um, no, but she has that network around her to help her be the superhero that she's going to be. And that is exactly what the Flash and Green Arrow have. So... It makes sense, and I'm... Dude, this thing melted my heart. I'm like, yes, this looks like a lot of fun. This looks like I'm going to be able to watch it like every week. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, well, that's have, what have the, you been watching Arrow or Flash every week? Uh, No, because I lost my Hulu account. Because, you know, I, I don't keep up on that. And then I don't have a DVR. And I really should get a DVR. You know, it should... I, are you looking forward to kind of the greatest hits in the new show coming out? Oh, TV, Legends of Tomorrow. I didn't realize that uh, that was Milton. Or uh, what's his name? The old dude was uh, Milton Bradley. Not Milton Bradley. What's the other? <laughs> what's the What's the name of the stupid professor from uh, from the uh, the board game? <laughs> no. The board game tycoon. The the second baseman for for uh, no um. From Firestorm, because I was expecting the young kid for Firestorm, so when I heard that Firestorm was in it, I'm looking at that lineup, and I'm like, where's the kid from The Flash that got caught? Uh, oh, it's the professor. It's the professor is, is the lead, and not uh, James Roush. James, right? James? Well, no, they use Ronnie Raymond. Ronnie Raymond, oh. But they do have uh, Jason Rush appear in one of the episodes hmm. on Flash. All right, right, right. Flash was... Ronnie Raymond. So he's so the professor's the lead, not Ronnie, like yeah, the comic books was. Martin Stein. Martin Stein, yeah, yeah. But this I know looks what you're good. Now. You but, threw uh, me off with your Milton. <laughs> yeah, Martin. Uh, Martin no, Milton. Our, our first look at uh, Legends of Tomorrow. The uh, long talked about, even here on the show, uh, <laughs> third CW DC comic show, uh, spinning out of both Arrow and Flash, which. After the uh, season finale of Arrow and the second last episode of Flash, I, I'm really excited for this now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because you get your first look at Hawkgirl with wings. Mm-hmm. Uh, barely you, see her, though. Like, yeah, but you get to see her. Okay. Yeah, you see her a couple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, some more Ray Palmer as the Atom. Yeah, and, who's... And shrinking. And yeah, shrinking down. he's like... Iron Man, but not really Iron Man. Like, yeah, <laughs> he, he, just, he, he builds a he builds a super suit. Super mm-hmm. suit. It makes a little more sense than hey, I'm a millionaire uh, scientist and I just created this belt buckle that I boop boop and then I shrink. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you have all the extra gadgets? gadgets? Because he doesn't know how to use them. <laughs> and his arm goes up. Uh, yeah, a, a little bit more uh, Captain Cold and Heat Wave, as well as White Canary. Yeah, White Canary. Was that new, was that first time we get mention of her yes, name being uh, White Canary? and who she is playing. And she was resurrected, so it isn't a Time Lord thing. Right. Where they went back. It's it's a more Electra kind of thing. Uh, and then we get to see, or hear, that the big bad is 
Vandal Savage. Which is cool. Which I'm just waiting to yeah. see who they cast as Vandal Savage. I like Vandal Savage. Cool. But, uh, we also skipped over Rip Hunter. Oh! In, in the form of Arthur Darvel, who you may know as Rory Pond. In, in the form of John Constantine. In <laughs> <laughs> uh, his time sphere. And I've seen a picture. I don't know if it was in the trailer, but I saw a picture of uh, Reverse Flash oh. in the time sphere. Oh, he's going to mess up your Christmas. I know. So I, I definitely appreciate the fact that they not only use Rip Hunter, but he actually refers to himself as being one of the Time Masters, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, this makes me hope that we can maybe get Booster Gold in here too at some point. So I think that could be a lot of fun. Yeah, um, I, I see this as being kind of the uh, like a showcase almost for yeah. new DC heroes, and then being able to try out uh, new characters or properties and see if they stick and if people like them. Well, I see and it having that character stick around for a couple episodes, and then boom, hey, we got a new show. You know, Booster Gold and Blue Beetle, or what have you well i see it as more of that uh you know how dc had that whole timeline of of characters like your uh silver what was it shiny knight and your uh uh what not tomahawk what's his name uh rawhide rawhide no not the rawhide kid that's over at marvel like the seven soldiers type yeah the seven soldiers but they were throughout time so they're going throughout time so maybe they'll you know meet up with backlash and you know those, yeah. The, the, Jay Garrick is supposed to show up on one of these shows. Oh, that'd be really cool. Well, that, you know? Yeah, that's the that's the rumor. Um, I didn't see it. Jonah Hex. Like, in one of the clips from the video, you can see his uh, his helmet. No, yeah. so it's definitely something that can totally branch out. Batman Beyond. Yeah. Could you do Batman? Can is that legal? Or is that cool? Like, what is that legit? Could they do? Well, that's according to what. Stephen Amos said like a couple weeks ago when he was offering to appear on Constantine, it's they're all DC shows, and when he was, mm-hmm. he actually was in talks with DC to appear on Constantine or have Constantine appear on Arrow as a, with John Constantine being an expert on the Lazarus Pit since they were like a key plot point in the past season, hmm. it just didn't happen. Um, I guess to like. It doesn't really matter the network that it's on. They're all DC shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I think you can spin off. You can spin off other shows. You can bring characters in. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And um, spoiler alert: that in the end of uh, in the end of Arrow, you see him drive off into the sunset, not being the Arrow anymore. And Stephen Amell has gone out and said, "I am. That was the last time you saw me wear the Arrow costume. I won't be wearing the Arrow costume again." But we do get to see him in the Arrow costume in the DC Legends, so it's confusing that if he's coming back now as maybe the Green Arrow, mm-hmm. or how they're tying this in, or maybe he's a hard traveling hero now. And he doesn't have a costume anymore. He is heading out towards Coast City, so. Uh, and they also said that going to Coast City, they've made a couple references to Coast City and Ferris. That uh, oh yeah, they talk about Ferris Air a lot. But uh, did, uh, did you see the Flash episode where he's like, "Yeah, it got shut down when that pilot went missing." Ooh. Yeah. So uh, I'm kind of hoping for some Green Lantern. I don't know. 
<laughs> they're talking about giving Diggle a mask, so you're can, might, you're gonna see Diggle as uh, they can hit everything masked they want. character. I will continually lap it up. Yeah. Mm. You know what? We'll keep on lapping up this beer. Beers. Beers. And this is the. Is this a curmudgeon? This is the curmudgeon. This is this is our, our old curmudgeon now? This is this is a fresh curmudgeon. Oh, this is a fresh curmudgeon. This is good. Oh, it's so good. It's good. You know, it's, I love it. I just I'm, this is the worst day for us to do these. I'm just so not in a mood for this stuff right now. I'm just it's like, got it's it's good. It's is that molassesy brown sugar <laughs> on my tongue, like mid palate, and it just stays there. That sweet malty. Mm, nom, 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 nom. Where's Rip Hunter? He needs to get me into a time machine right now, or get this beer into a time machine when I'm in the mood for this beer. You just go. Like, it's good. Put it's some really put some good. ice in your underwear. Get chilled down, and then you'll enjoy this. It's still good. I am. I'm sweating profusely. I'm a I'm chubby s- man. <laughs> And I am sweaty, and I'm still enjoying this beer. I'm sweating, and I'm like 98% of my body is covered in like sunburn right now. I'm just <laughs> emanating heat. I just feel burn all over my neck and my arms. It just burn. And this beer, it's delicious. It's good. It's just not satisfying. Not what I want. It's like having a really nice steak dinner when all you want is a damn ice cream cone. You know, <laughs> it's like. Chris, are you drinking anything else, my friend? Uh, I, I am. I was just wrapping my head around that steak dinner ice cream. Thing. <laughs> I, I probably would have gone like, uh, when all you got is chicken. Like, something a little bit closer. <laughs> well, I'm just like, no. Like, I just spent all my money on this beautiful steak dinner. I should have spent the dollar on an ice cream cone. Exactly. That's all I want. I want a shitty ice cream cone right now. That's what I want. I want a blue light. Like, that's what I want. That's... <laughs> This is a beautiful steak dinner. I know I enjoy the steak dinner. I know I love steak dinners. It's just, I'm not hungry for a steak dinner. I want an ice cream cone. Well, you should have said something when I said, hey, we have all these old ales. Let's drink old ales. And then I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. I love old ales. Why wouldn't I love that? And then we get into this hot room. Because then I got sunburnt, and it's super hot out. Well, we couldn't sit on these. We, no, couldn't. we couldn't. We couldn't have. No, not anymore. <laughs> not uh, any longer. So, no. But, Chris, what are you drinking, my friend? Uh, from Shorts Brewing in Elk River, Michigan, uh, I have the Bludgeon Your Rye, Ooh. which is an India-style black rye ale. Um, if you like Rye of the Tiger from Great Lakes and you have access to getting this, go for it. This mm. is for Rye of the Tiger just... Tweaked a little bit. You, just, you turn that dial from like eight to nine. Um, you get a nice rye on it. It fades off into a nice hot bitter. I really like this beer. I wish I had gotten just more than the one bottle of it. Um, I'm drinking it a little chilled, so I think this is actually kind of one of those beers that Paul would be looking for right now. Mm-hmm. It sounds like Wookie Jack from uh, Firestone. It's got it's got a little bit more bite. Ooh. Even more bite? I like it. That sounds good. It's uh, really good. I love Wookie Jack, though. Paul and I just had uh, 2X Rye from mm-hmm. Southern Tier, which is no longer being made. Yeah, it's been retired from Southern Tier. Really? Yep. We were talking about this. It was it, it, Everybody was doing a rye beer for, like, that two years where, like, that fall, spring? It was spring, right? Spring. Like, about now. Uh, every, like all these rye beers were coming out. Uh, Ruthless Rye from uh, Sarah Nevada, 
Bride of the Tiger from Great Lakes, 2XRI from Southern Tier. Uh, there was some others. Uh, there was a rye beer from Otter Creek, too, that I'm just not remembering. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't remember. Uh, like, all the spring sampler packs had a rye in it. And, and now they're kind of going away again. So to hear that, you know. Shorts is brewing a, a good, good black rye. I'm kind of in. Kind of in. Like, hey, you know, it's only four hours to drive to Michigan, Paul. We could find somebody close enough that sells it. Yeah. 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 And we can always go back to Conahan and Arcadia. Try to get the bee nectar. I'm kind of over. I'm over bee nectar. What? No. Oh, man. I had. You've had that apple pie one, right, Chris, from bee nectar? Oh, yeah. Oh, that is so good. Oh, my gosh. That is so good. Yeah, what do you so, mean you're so over bee nectar? Talk to me in November. <laughs> Dude, they have like they have such like refreshing crisp ciders, like mm. and meads, like they just pop. Okay. You're out of your mind. I, I you are out of crazy. your mind. I haven't had enough bee nectars apparently. Obviously, you need the like that ginger orange one. Yeah. That we go to their store and they're like, no, we don't open. Oh, we drove all the way from New York. Yep. <laughs> it sucks to be you. It sucks to be you. I'm going to go inside and put honey in my underpants. <laughs> you could tell that hipster was going to do that. That's what he did. Uh, unlike us hipsters that are going to go to the comic book store, a.k.a. the app, and then download some books this Wednesday. Right, John? That's right. Hey, Chris. Hey, I'm Chris. What are you going to get? Well, I'm looking forward to a book coming out from Marvel Comics, and this is something that's spinning out of the Secret Wars crossover that we have happening right that's now. Good. And this is A-Force number one. Uh, this is written by G. Willow Wilson, one of the top runners on our uh, comic book creator craze bracket that we did back in March, uh, with art by Jorge Molina. And in this series... Uh, takes place in a secluded corner of Battleworld. An island nation is fiercely protected by a team of Avengers, the likes of which has never been glimpsed before. Um, and it's all female characters. So this kind of hits me in that same spot that uh, the X-Men book did. Oh, the Brian Wood the, Yeah, the Brian Wood one. Um, mostly because it has a couple characters on it that I love that I can't see in any book besides this one. Like Nico Minoru from The Runaways. And Dagger, right? From Dazzler. Oh, Dazzler's in it. Oh, I thought no. it was Dagger from Cloak and Dagger. No. Dazzler's cool, though. Uh, <laughs> you say just like, hey, she's kind of cool. Dazzler's cool. I don't know. I liked her in uh, Uncanny X-Men. Hmm. Where she was like the S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Yeah. Uh, but also someone that I've always loved and will continue to love, uh, Jubilee's in it. Is she a vampire still? I don't... It doesn't look like it, but... She's still stealing babies? I, <laughs> she could be. Right. I, I've only seen some preview artwork for it, and there's no mention of stolen babies or vampires in it, but mm-hmm. she's on the cover, so that's cool. Didn't she blow that baby up? What was the deal with that? <laughs> it got infected with that... that. Yeah, the, the baby had the uh, one parasite mutant thing, like hitching a ride on it, and then it jumped into like another mutant that they had at the mansion. Yeah. Yeah, that was the thing. It was something like that. Um, it's a late week for me. I'm only picking up one other book, so I figured I might as well get something to kind of look forward to instead of something to just read. Um, and and this speaks to me. I really like everything that uh, G. Will Wilson's done over on Miss Marvel. Uh, Kamala Khan's also going to be appearing in this book, so 
it's not like she's going in blind having never handled any of these characters before. Um, I think it'll be a cool read. I'm interested in seeing the different pockets of Battle World after reading uh, whatchamacallit, Secret Wars number two. Yeah, this definitely sounds like an interesting book, and I'm looking forward to reading and discussing it for our look back, which will be in a couple weeks. Absolutely, and are you picking a book that we might be looking forward to reading for our look back in a couple weeks? I'm picking up a book, and unless we don't have enough books, I'll make us read it, uh, like most number ones that I pick up. But this is from DC Comics, and this is Mad Max Fury Road, Nux and Immortal Joe number one, and this is uh, like kind of an anthology split between the two. Um, Nux is one of the drivers for Immortal Joe, and then Immortal Joe is the villain, and this is going to show his kind of rise to being the godlike being who rules this desert in Mad Max. Hmm. So I'm looking forward to it. And I'm going to read it after I see the movie. So if I see the movie and I'm not too thrilled, I might not be picking it up. But right now, I'm pumped for the movie and I'm pumped for the book. I know we didn't really uh, talk about the movies in the We Can Geek, but Mad Max is getting some really great reviews. It didn't do like a crazy amount of money. No, it only did uh, $44.4 million, as estimated by Box Office Mojo. Which is going to be hard to push it through over on the uh, Bagram Boardcast Summer Movie Blockbuster Bracket Buster. It is but, going up uh, against Poltergeist, n- opening up next week. It, it still could be anyone's game at that point, but I'm really looking forward to checking out Mad Max. Uh, we talked a little bit before the show. I might go see it tomorrow, but this is definitely a book that I'm looking forward to reading because I want to see a little bit more just of this world. Hmm. Paul. Yes, Chris. Are you buying comics this week? Uh, yeah, I'm going to buy a, a 50th anniversary issue. It's uh, Daredevil, number one, written by Mark Wade and uh, art by D- Chris Omni, the people that are currently working on the book. Uh, Daredevil is... <laughs> that, that we love. That we do love quite a bit, and we kind of stopped talking about it because... It's just been so good for so long. It's kind of like, no, it's Daredevil. It's and you stopped buying it for a while. Yeah, and it, it's like, ah, oh, man, I kind of just miss enjoying that book. Oh, I should go and read something I enjoy. And yeah. so this is me going back to read something I enjoy. Yeah, and I think like I'm not going to challenge myself. <laughs> I think just in the in that's in, what that's what the lookbacks are for. In the span of things that we've been serious comic book readers for the last 14 years, 14, 15 years, and you kind of get in those different kind of ruts where do I want to branch out or do I want to read the stuff that really just gets me, you Mm -hmm. know, that I get and that really hits home with me. And, I mean, we all have those books that we just stay with, we go back and reread, and I can understand being like, I miss I miss that fun yeah. of Daredevil. I miss that stuff going on, and the fact that it's still going on and it's still good and it mm-hmm. still has that same draw. I think it's uh, it's worth your while, Paul. It is worth my while. Much like a dramatic reading. And now, a dramatic reading from Shield number five, page seventeen, panel five. Stand your ground, Agent Fitz. 
things tend to not to travel in a straight lines around me. That was a dramatic reading from Shield number five, page seventeen, panel five. That also hurt my ears. <laughs> Ouch. Well, it's in bold and red and okay. exclamation okay. point. So, someone's uh, did, look out. You did it right. You, you did it right. But if you I was see this panel. Go over to uh, the show notes at bangboard.com, and you can read along with Paul's exquisite reading of that panel. I'm just saying, it's a high octane moment. I'm just saying it startled me, and I was not expecting it. You did a good job, Paul. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, and we talked a little bit about numbers. Do we have any other numbers that we want to talk about for our movie bracket bucker? Bo- 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 uh, uh, the, br- the bracket bucker. The bracket bucker. <laughs> bracket buster? Uh, no. Uh, Agent of S- <laughs> Avengers Age of Ultron continues to steam roll through uh, it so far. So, oh, sorry. Uh, do you want to talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Because, man, that show ended on a cliff. Oh, so I didn't watch it yet. I didn't watch it oh yet. My I'm, God, too behind. It. I'm too behind. I'm too behind. So oh, many cliffhangers. God. A lot happens. <sighs> Spiky people. Spiky people. Inhumans. Mm-hmm. Uh, Avengers Age of Ultron uh, right now is at $372 million, and we already talked about uh, Max, Mad Max Fury Road at $44.4 million. And that it's is been- perfect. Why would you do that to Mad Max? You weren't on our bracket. You know what's really bad? I went and saw Pitch Perfect this weekend but did not see Mad Max. But the thing oh. with our bracket, we take the top 16 movies of kind of geeky nerd culture, and maybe Pitch Perfect is geeky nerd culture now. I don't know, but it's something that we... I love Anna Kendrick. She's cute. She is. She's adorable. Hey, she's girlfriend's see girlfriend's birthday woods? weekend. Hmm? No, he saw the previews to Into the Woods, yeah. and that got him riled up enough. Yeah, <laughs> like, I can't deal with a movie of this. No, I'd just be sitting there being like, "Oh, Anna Kendrick, you're so cute." I what? I saw Fifty Fifty. <laughs> that was good. I don't, know, I don't know that that one is. So Fifty Fifty is a Seth Rogen, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt uh, cancer movie, and Anna oh. Kendrick's in it as well. It's yeah, really good. It made me cry. It was enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Yeah. Much like uh, how I enjoyed. The Woods. The Woods. Uh, this is a trade I brought I brought to the table. Um, I was like, oh, man, the first volume of The Woods is super cheap. I'll pick that up. It's super cheap because it's four issues. And this is the uh, James Tinian III and what? the fourth. He, there's four of them. Wow. Uh, the fourth and uh, artist. I'm looking at you guys. Name oh, Michael Dialysis. Dialysis. Thank you. Uh, and they bring the story of a high school uh, full of students and teachers that is suddenly, mysteriously teleported to the middle of these woods on what seems like an alien planet. And it's a moon. A moon. Orbiting a gas giant. Yes. I know that because I read the book. You read the book this week, where we read it last week. I thought we were reading it for this week. My bad. It's all right. Uh, but it's all fresh in your mind, so you can help me out. Like you have been. I will. Best friends. I will try. I will try. Um, and a small pocket of these students um, go off into the woods to try to save... Oh, sorry, I got a really bad itch in my ear. Totally lost train of thought. Uh, I had to itch it. 
uh, they go off into the woods to try to help because they feel one of them feels that something in the center of the woods is going to help them. And then you have the other pocket of the people in the school and their dilemma and what they're going through. And led by the principal. Led by the principal. Till he got stabbed. <laughs> Bitch got stabbed. Mm-hmm. Oh, he still got stabbed. Uh, Is that the PET teacher that did it? Yes. Yep. I can't remember what he was. Who was Special Forces. Special Forces. Uh, and students trying to rise up. It's It's got all these crazy dynamics going on in the school. Um, Student council's trying to do stuff, but they're just there to decide, like, dance themes. <laughs> Color for the pep rally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, they're out there trying to dig a latrine too close to the school, yeah. but... Uh, Definitely um, an interesting new kind of take on high school dynamics. High school dynamics meets predators, right? The new one where yeah, they're on the kind of the way they're, they're. It's basically the new predators movie where you're transported to the alien world instead of the predators coming to our world and the whole high school, bricks and all. Yeah, <laughs> but, bricks. Everything, no pipes, they don't have running water, yeah. uh, but all staff and students intact. Mm-hmm. And uh, no Until they start getting torn apart by weird alien monsters. And those alien monsters were really creepy looking. Yeah. You know? There is a, definitely a creepy horror vibe of this book, and I would put it with that Predators kind of, because that's kind of a horror sci-fi you know, yeah. uh, angle. And this definitely has that horror sci-fi element to it. Uh, Paul? Paul and I have talked we are fans. We enjoyed yeah. this book. And it captured us in four issues, which mm-hmm. was kind of, you know, which is good that it did that. Um, Chris. Yes. Where do, you, where do you stand on this book? Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I sat down to read it last night when I was getting ready for bed. Um, this is a book I didn't really know a lot about going into. Mm-hmm. Um, usually we have at least an idea or some semblance of an idea of what a book is before we go into it. Uh, this one... I knew nothing about. I know James Tinian the Fourth just from his work with Scott Snyder over in the Bat Universe uh, in the DC New Fifty Two. Uh, but beyond that, I've never really read anything else from him. Uh, so I was like, all right, you know what? Just from what you guys said, it's kind of like a sci-fi horror book. I'll I'll check it out, and I really enjoyed it. Right at the beginning, they throw a lot at you because it's literally you just swinging through the school, meeting all the different students. Um, but I liked it. It actually reminded me of like old school, early '90s, 2000s uh, comics, where you get the little blurb about the student as they're talking. Oh, I did like that uh, with the the blurbs where it wasn't just, and he's thinking, "Why did I pick down? Why did I choose to go down this hallway?" Like stuff like that. It wasn't like. Uh, he's big and he's a tall. He, he's a football player. It's like yeah. they're actually what they're thinking, their insecurities, or what their goal is. You know, something more personable than just like the back of the card. Uh, you know, uh, in the powers card. You know that you would get yeah. uh, from the early late nineties, early two thousands. You know, superhero cards. They would give you the quick. You know, bio and. Yeah, you get- I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I like the exploratory nature of it. It kind of reminded me of something almost Jonathan Hickman y at that point. Mm. Where you have just like the group of students going off into the wilds just because one of them is communicating with this weird alien relic that they found. 
yeah. and he's he's like the show, social outcast, so of course he's going to be the weird one in the group. I I really enjoyed this. It's sci-fi horror, but the horror, uh, horror parts aren't overbearing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's not blood no and guts. There, there's some blood when that like when she gets ripped and torn apart by like that bat thing. Yeah, but it's like it's one it's one little panel of it, and then it's kind of it's not like blood and guts totally in your face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, what I yeah, meant. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's not every panel, but it's where when it needs to be gory, it is gory. And the uh, what I've been liking about this is it's a exploration of these like teen like you know stereotypes archetypes brought to a breaking point. In a natural way, well, in a supernatural way, but they break in what feels a very natural way. Like the principal who's unsure of himself, you know, that's, he, he's gonna lead on people that are around him. You know, he's gonna be like, okay, yeah, I, I'm gonna delegate everything else. And he delegates way too much. And the yeah. PE coach that, you know, power hungry, power hungry, and he's going to take control, and you know he's going to get his alpha males and be alpha males. That happens, and the the overachiever is going to try to overachieve. And the thing is, and I'm like, oh, the, the PE coach, he's saying that they're building the religion too close. All right, well, I'm I'm thinking, I'm I'm all like naive and bushy-tailed, and I'm thinking, oh, he's going to teach him how to actually build a latrine, <laughs> right? Like, he's going to go... No, he's going to set, the, set up a Gestapo who police know, I'm like, ah, oh, come on! Because he's talking to the principal, and he's like, it doesn't have to be this way. Like, I'm thinking, oh... Yeah, you think he's, get, he's he's not the dumb jock coach. He's going to be the guy, the inspirational yeah, leader. He's, he's, he's going to tell the principal to, hey, work with these kids, give them hope, give them inspiration, give them jobs, and work with them. You know, they're trying... Right now, all we're doing is shutting ourselves in. They're trying to make it better. Let's work with them. Let's teach them how to where to build their latrine and how deep it needs to go. Nope, <laughs> he's the power hungry guy. That's the turn. This is a I, horror I really book. Did like that twist there because it it reads so close to that. Yeah. And at that point, you're like, yeah, he's he's right. Like this is the chance to step up and not just be teachers, but be leaders. Mm-hmm. Like they can help direct these kids because. Hey. As well-meaning as they are, like especially like mm-hmm. the student council, they're just a little bit misinformed. Yeah, and that's how how kids are. You know, you you have just enough information to be dangerous. You know, that's the phrase, right? Like, you know enough to be dangerous. If it wasn't then; it is now. And yeah. you also think that you know mm-hmm. everything, yeah. and you don't have a total grasp of that real world or what it takes to. You know, yeah, you can throw all this stuff out and say that this is what needs to get done, but you need to think about everybody as a whole. You can't just mm-hmm. run out and do that. We need to take a few minutes here and there. And then on the opposite side, the people that go into the woods, into the woods, into the woods. Uh, Paul knows that because he saw the trailer. Yes. No, uh, never mind. <laughs> I was going to bring up high school it's stories. already forgotten. <laughs> It's people that are definitely thinking about themselves and themselves only are that group, and it's they're trying to survive, and they think that they will find something that will save the rest of the group. And man, I love the last page reveal. Like that was yeah. badass. <laughs> like, yeah. The the 
the one Go problem ahead. with this book, reading it on Comixology, is like when you get to that last page, and they have these fun things where they have all the variant covers in here as mm-hmm. well. But when I got to that last page, it said buy issue one for dollar ninety nine. Now, if it said this is the first volume, by the time I hit the end of this, if it said buy volume two mm-hmm. for X amount of money, I would have been like, yep, click, bought, and then continued reading. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the only fault, and it's not the Woods's fault. It's Comixology's fault. They don't realize how to get my money. <laughs> Do a better job. Uh, basically, what we learn through the group going into the woods is, of course, this isn't the only group of humans brought to this kilt death planet. Uh, you know, there's a uh, Mayan pyramid. I forget, you know, what it's actually called because the uh, one ki- it's because uh, uh, yeah, the one the kids actually knows what it's called because they're smarter yeah. than me. Because I actually like that whole mm-hmm. um, exchange there. Actually, it's just like. It's adding more depth to those characters. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You would think because it does kind of play into those, uh, like high school stereotypes, mm-hmm. archetypes. But now you're you're alongside those kids, and um, that's actually my favorite character in the book. Because I was going to ask you guys who you like the best, and that's Calder, like the kind of weird kid who goes hunting and camping with his parents, but he knows weird stuff like that because his his grandmother buys him books. Uh, he's also the kid that's streaking in the beginning of the book. <laughs> and he starts in the girls' locker room. Of course. That's where you would go. Where, where am I? Do you, have you guys seen my pants? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, my favorite character are the two um, the two guys from the school play who <laughs> are having the sword fight with the saws. <laughs> and they're all dressed up. They have the face paint? Yeah. Yep. It's like when she's like going to run out. Like, do you, do you want paint? Stage crew, yeah, the stage crew guys. Um, I can't think of her name, but actually, uh, like the the redhead, the field hockey player, um, that forgot to send in her applications for college. For college. Um, she's probably my favorite character because she's she's badass yet she's still vulnerable. There's a vulnerability. Yeah, yeah. she's unsure of herself and she doesn't know what she wants to do with her life and she isn't sure if her life is meaningful and she's going to find meaning in this adventure yeah hopefully um my favorite is the big guy with a lot of with big heart that just punches that dog square in the face (laughs) the alien dog boom punch right in the face you're talking about the bear tiger character with you know four eyes yeah yeah space dog what's the guy's name they just call him big guy that's ben ben Big, I don't remember his last Big-hearted um, Ben. And that's the thing. Like, they spent so like, that first issue just introducing mm-hmm. you to the characters. But there's so many characters in this book that it's kind of hard to... Yeah. Big-hearted Ben, who who's huge, who, who should be playing football, but won't because he doesn't want to hurt anybody. Like, sports to him and being part in big, being part of a group and having the spotlight on him, he doesn't want anything to do with that. Like, that's what I'm getting from the character right now. I don't know if it's been said, but it definitely seems like he doesn't want to... Yeah, there's definitely... He's shy. He's way too shy to be part of, you know, to be up on a field where everybody's watching. Well, also, if you look like the people who are the Gestapo in the Mm -hmm. high school 
are the football players, and he's not a character that would fit in with them at all. No. That's not what he would do. Mm-hmm. But there's also the part of this this Gapo, this Stapo that don't want anything to do with what they were the I think secret the, police. Uh, you know? No, I think the only reason is because he's dating the girl that's but, in prison. But he's turned yeah, he's, the other he's sweet on that girl. Yeah, but he turns the other guys too, though. Right quick, because no, they're at the guys, end. Those guys turned because they just watched the coach stab the principal in the oh. heart with a screwdriver. That's what did it for them. They're like, whoa. They're no longer their, mm. their men anymore. They're <laughs> Oopsies. Yeah. Uh, no, I give this book two thumbs up. Much like I give fresh old curmudgeon over old curmudgeon. Uh, because the fresh, I get that brown sugar maple, and mm-hmm. with this older one, Paul, like I, I feel like it loses that. It just tastes like a barley wine. It just tastes that. Yeah. It just tastes. You lose that molasses. You lose that brown sugar. I don't know. I, I, I get lose a, it. I don't get brown sugar, but I get a little bit of caram- I get a sweetness. I get a little bit of the caramel sweetness, but also all barley wine. Just barley wine on the back end, and you know what? That's when you give me a beer called like a old or an old ale or something. I'm looking for a barley wine, and this is good. Granted, this is good. This is a good old ale. Mm-hmm. But that fresh. Every time I took a sip, my eyes would roll back in my head, and I'd be like, "Oh my god, this is so good." Yeah, yeah. This I'm just like, it's, oh, this oh, is it's, good. It's barley wine. <laughs> That's coming. From- Chris, you hear know. that? That's coming from Paul. Oh, it's a barley wine. Oh, I think we've already discovered that I can tell who's talking when it comes to counting or beer reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, oh, but I'm it's saying, a barley wine. I'm feeling fine. I'm saying Paul is like, oh, it's barley wine. He's he's not Mr. Barley Wine. I'm not he's Mr. Not barley, barley Wine, wine guy. Because normally I drink a couple of these and my stomach feels sour. But uh, <laughs> this is... Old curmudgeon something special. Yeah, it's something special. It's a special kind of thing, much like, much like the beer Chris is drinking. Hey, thank you for knowing that. Because uh, what I have is from Clown Shoes, and this is the Chocolate Sombrero, a Mexican-style to- Mexican chocolate stuff. I almost said a Mexican child, which would have been really weird to be drinking out of a bottle. Um, I really like this. It's definitely a more chocolate style. You definitely get a nice malt on it, but then you get that nice peppery from it being a Mexican-style chocolate. Um, Paul, you you were a culinary guy for a bit. Yeah. Uh, Mexican chocolate, they add cayenne pepper? Uh, yes. Well, some sort of pepper. I'm not sure if it's cayenne or not. I, I don't know what pepper If was. we were... You know who we should ask? Friend of the show, Ed. Mm. If we had paid editing only, staff, I would only. actually have Ed talking right now. Ed, but we don't. Ed's pretentious enough to know that. No, no. That's definitely adds uh, some sort of pepper. Maybe paprika. Um, I'm looking at the, the notes on the bottle here, and they say it's a roasted dark malt plus extra chocolate malts plus ancho chili mm. plus cinnamon plus vanilla extract plus a chocolate-loving beer-drinking clown shoes-wearing multi-limbed, gorgeous, and glorious Mexican wrestler. Uh, I have to say, clown shoes is one of those beers that are usually the hit or miss for me that I mm-hmm. kind of I don't like actively go out for them. But when we were visiting Michigan and we had mm-hmm. all of those clown shoe beers that just knocked my socks off, I was like, I need to keep more attention to clown shoes. Just That's the thing. Within the, the past month, they've definitely come on my radar. As if it's something I haven't had before or had someone tell me they've had, I will try it because it's it's probably going to be pretty decent. And if it's not decent, 
I can at least look at it and be like, okay, well, I see what they were doing with this, and I can applaud it. And the labels in just... In most cases, it's really good. Yeah, the labels just turn me off. Like, I look at a Clown Shoes label, and I'm like, it's just so over, like, wrought with everything. It just doesn't look like a quality standout beer. You know, it's just their their brewery's called Clown Shoes. I know, and that's <laughs> yeah, and that's probably the other reason why I'm like, ah, it just does the branding of it. It just doesn't doesn't appeal but to the, me. It's but, solid beers, though. Yeah, they are. Judge they are. it on the contents, not on the cover. You know. And the bad thing about us here in Buffalo is we don't get a great variety of Clown Shoes. It's always like that Clementine. Yeah, which isn't bad though. It's not bad, but once you've had it, you don't actively really see, see, search it out. So a lot of times, I scan over what Clown Shoes beers are there, but now I'm actively taking that look to see what is there and what else I can get from that brewery. They're they're definitely worth a look. Mm-hmm. And so is the Woods. Mm-hmm. I th- way to bring it back. I think it's definitely worth a look. Uh, as I said before going into the beer review, two thumbs up. Yeah. I really liked it. I was pleasantly surprised. I picked this up not because I heard a lot of buzz about it, but the premise sound interesting, and I had missed purchasing that first issue. Um, I don't no, know I, if... I don't sorry, know... I, uh, go ahead, Chris. Uh, I don't know if you've done the legwork on this yet. How many issues are there? Because this 14. is the first trade, and it's only like four. Okay, um, fourteen. So, oh, and I've is there like one or two more volumes at least? I think I think I think so. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and it's especially it's not too far ahead. I think there's two or three volumes, and then you could easily just buy those issues and catch up, um, which I wouldn't be opposed to doing. Yeah. It's, it does with sci-fi, which I always love, which is take a premise and follow it through its logical conclusions. And that's what they're doing here. Like, characters are acting in a way that I don't disbelieve. You know, things are happening, people are trying to things, because that's what they think is the right thing to do, and I completely buy into that that acting. It isn't, well, we're on a crazy planet, and now I'm going to become a super, you know, the superhero of this group and save them all. It's... No, it's people trying and failing at things. And James Tinian does a great job of cap or capturing each one of these people's voices mm-hmm. perfectly, and fitting, and they fit into this story just right. And everything just seems to click between the writing and the art mm-hmm. in this and, book. And the art, every character looks different. And yeah. you have a group of jocks, but the jocks aren't just different hairstyles on the jock body. They're shorter, they're taller, they're differently built. Uh, you got Big Ben, and you got the nerdy crew kid, uh, and then you got the two different um, field hockey players. You have the pudgy principal and the fit PE teacher all all on there, and they're just people. They're not wearing superhero suits. They're, there's You have to draw different people. And, and they get you it have, right. Like the crazy alien creatures and insects and bugs, which probably a lot of fun to get to create and draw. Mm-hmm. And the the art fits the book perfectly. Yeah, it fits the tone, everything. There's nothing that you go, oh, that's way out of pace. 
It just works. And then he got knights from the 19th century. Like, <laughs> you got like spoiler Vi- alert, like Viking-looking yeah. dudes. Yeah, there's that Viking dude in the front. Mm-hmm. But it's I'm I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes, and I hope uh, someone has plans to pick this up or has picked up the rest of it so we can check it out. I think Paul and I were talking about yeah. him buying Volume 2 and maybe me buying Volume 3 and keep flip-flopping like that until that maybe maybe we're caught up on the series and then mm-hmm. every other month do the same thing. Because okay. yeah. I, I don't mind sharing that. Uh, listeners, if you read this book, hopefully you did, uh, let if, us know what you haven't. Diff- Pick it up. Uh, follow our Amazon link. It's going to be in the show notes. It's on the posting for uh, the talk about this episode before we recorded it. Uh, mm-hmm. Follow that link. Buy the book. It's really cheap over at Amazon. I think it was like four dollars. Yeah. While you're there, the trade paperback. while you're there on Amazon, pick up uh, the trade of uh, last month's uh, list. Pick up our what do we call this? The trade policy. So- oh, so many beers. Uh, training policy, uh, blood from Wonder uh, Wonder Woman, and uh, pick up a big screen TV, s- complete home sis- sound <laughs> system. You know all of that. You know just B- go basically go whatever nuts. you buy. You help support the Begging Boardcast with that, and for that we thank you. Um, is it my pick for the next trading policy? Yes, it is yours. And uh, just to cut you off real quick, Chris, uh, feel free. Volume two um, of the Woods is out, and they're only on issue twelve. Okay. So you can get caught right up on this book. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely recommend it. Definitely. But we do appreciate everything that you do for us, uh, be it rating reviews over at iTunes, rating reviews over at Stitcher, clicking on that Amazon link and purchasing things through us, our Amazon link. Uh, All that does help the show. Word of mouth is probably our biggest friend, though. If you have a friend, a mom, a grandmother... It was Mother's Day, just like last Sunday. Uh, and you want to turn them on to podcasts like this, go ahead and do it. Yeah. We appreciate yeah. it. Or even... Grandmas love <laughs> listening to us talk. Oh, they do. Whenever it's we true. post the uh, show notes or anything about the new episode come out, just say, click share when we put that up on the Facebook. That'll really help out, too. The more people that see it, the better we, uh, the better we'll perform. And make sure you head over to bangboard.com. We've got the show notes over there for this episode as well as past episodes so you can see what books we were picking up, read some killer articles from a fine stable of creators. Yeah, and you so many good. have something coming up soon. Yeah, you can check out Paul and I doing different reviews on what we're calling Bagged and Board Board Bites. Yeah, we're going to be starting uh, this week. We are reporting. Re- Viewing board games. Yeah. That's, Reboarding that's uh, board games. Uh, yeah, and we're going to be doing this probably every other week because mm-hmm. um, we, we run out of games. Until we run out of games. But I don't see that happening because we just keep buying them. I know. Uh, this week, Splendor. Yeah. Uh, one of our favorite games. Mm-hmm. I, I look forward to uh, watching that one as someone that just played Splendor for the first time last week. Watch how little I look into the camera. <laughs> he doesn't want to make eye contact. I don't. Him. I don't want to make eye contact with the camera. I don't know. I, I look a lot. At, I look at Paul a lot. Well, how could you not? I know. Well, I talked a lot too. 
Oh, now nobody's going to watch it. <laughs> Paul does a very he good job. The thumbs down. It. We'll see. <clears throat> but that'll be over at our YouTube channel, which is uh, Bagging Board, or you can see those all over at BaggingBoard.com. They'll be posted to the main feed for the site, or you can just click the handy Bagging Board Bites link over on the side, which will take you to our YouTube channel. And that's our show. Wrap it up.